is the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. Welcome back to the main satellite. I am Tamarcus from Goldsboro, North Carolina. Um, now I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but you can call me Tamarcus Prime, motherfucking <laughs> the Black Panther, the Black Skull. <laughs> and I'm here with my brother and I'll let him introduce himself. <laughs> my brother, the Black Skull, Tamarcus Prime, Mark to me. Uh, my name is Brody. I am from Goldsboro. I am a Goldsboroanite from uh, Goldsboro, North Carolina, and I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina now, and have lived all over. No place like Winston, but then I guess there's no place like any other place. Happy to be a part of this. We're back. The main satellite. Here we are, brother. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. How about yourself? I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling, man, there's something that I'm here to feel. Yeah. So we're here for an impromptu episode. We said the last episode that we did was the season finale Mm -hmm. of the inaugural season. Mm -hmm. Um, So this isn't quite season two yet, but it's a, uh, you could say this is kind of like a a recap of all the episodes that we did previously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What what do you you think about that, man? It's like, it's kind of like, when those sitcoms um, mid season, they'll have an episode where they have recaps of the previous episodes. This is kind of what this is like. What you think about it? That's what it is, and it's a um, it's a it is a it's an amalgamation of all the thoughts and feelings that we've had on all the other topics, uh, all those things. Um, it's not quite a clip show, uh, which is what you see. If you grew up in America, you don't see it so much now, but it did used to, it, it was a thing. And uh, it was a filler episode. This isn't filler. This is something <laughs> that was necessary for us. And um, it is the culmination of everything we felt about everything we've discussed uh, in shortened uh, form. So I feel great about it. I feel fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other day, you said that we had a common theme in all the episodes that we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Unknowingly, we didn't, we didn't plan for it to be mm-hmm. a common theme, but it just happened that way. Well, what is that common theme? Uh, narcissism, extreme narcissism, um, uh, elevated self-centeredness. And as you said, we didn't plan it, but for the last 30 years of our brotherhood, from the time we met as 12, 13-year-old kids, it has been a consistent theme. So not just with the main satellite, but with our brotherhood, our bond. It's always been a theme that we've come back to over and over again. Extreme narcissism or and or uh, very pronounced self-centeredness. And that's something that we've gone over over and over again. And we don't even have the times conversations we conversations we've had, but we don't have to bring that up, but that's at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's at the heart of it. So that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
toxic narcissism. Poisonous. <laughs> just blah, just blah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last episode we did, I want to talk about that one first. Since mm-hmm. it's, it's still it's it's still fresh. It's fresh. <laughs> the last episode we did, it was on guns. And you know, the panel, we have various uh perspectives on guns. You know, you and me, we don't own guns, mm-hmm. but the other three members, they are gun owners. Um, and I'll get my feelings on guns again right now is uh, I don't give a damn about no damn guns. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. But but I understand gun ownership mm-hmm. because I go back and forth between, you know, should I get one or should I not get one? I actually have my gun permit i just haven't uh pulled the trigger on buying one mm-hmm. i like that pun. <laughs> i like that pun i like that pun brother i like it i like it i like it go ahead, go ahead. i don't know if i ever will because the thought of owning a gun just kind of makes me you know feel nauseous mm-hmm. what are your thoughts i feel the same way i felt the other night and the way that i've always thought about guns um i don't want to own one as I was saying the other night, I don't, or the other day in, the, in a previous episode, I don't, um, I don't want them. They don't make me feel good. They don't make me feel secure. In fact, they make me feel a little bit, just a little ill, a little sick to my stomach. Um, I'm not an advocate of shitting all over individuals who do own them and possess them responsibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody else can take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. A lot of crazy (laughs) motherfuckers in the world, man, who own uh, firearms. So I am not a gun nut, nor am I... um, I'm an advocate for sense, you know, Mm -hmm. for sense. But I personally don't want them. I still feel that way. I've always felt that way. I felt that way when I was a kid. I feel that way now. And if I live to be an old man, I'll feel that way then. But although I do understand why people possess them, some people possess them. It, it'll make it makes sense to me. Others, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely understand it. And like I said, I go back and forth between should I get one, and there was a, a bit of a misunderstanding. Well, nah, there wasn't a misunderstanding on the last mm-hmm. episode. Somebody was just being a little bit too obnoxious. Yeah. Um, Black people, there's no, to me, like, I I feel it is. Ain't nothing about what I feel. Like, it is our right to own firearms. We can Mm -hmm. own firearms just like white people. But somebody on the panel just just had it in their mind, uh, thinking that we want to get rid of all guns, like throw them into the sun and just get rid Mm -hmm. of them. No, we need guns on this side, too. If they can have guns, we can have guns. And we should have them. We should have them. Mm-hmm. Um, to protect ourselves, our families, our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. all that. Uh, it's just the assholes with guns that we really don't like. Um, motherfuckers who open to me, motherfuckers who be open care that do open carry in uh, Walmart or gas stations, all that kind of shit. You can tell that they just want all eyes on them. And mm-hmm. I just think it's obnoxious and I just want to, I want to try them. 
I want to beat that motherfucking ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, certain people who open carry, I believe, are just waiting for the opportunity to use that gun. A lot of them, some of them, are waiting for an opportunity to kill a black person. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I don't give mm-hmm. a damn. So that's 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 another reason why it really, really pisses me off. Um, because they just people are just waiting for the opportunity to, to use that shit, especially mm-hmm. on a black person. Yeah. I feel the same way. Do you remember um in Kings of Comedy, the original Kings of Comedy? Mm-hmm. When uh, uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite part of that was Cedric the, the Entertainer, and he got to this bit when he was uh, he was doing a bit on how there's some people in the world who are waiting for the opportunity to, pre- to present who and what they are, or to spill onto the world who and what they are. And in this case, it was aggression, and he was making a point about he went to his. I think it might have been an ice skating rink. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe something like that. And he said he saw a guy skating without a motherfucking stick, just just out there, just waiting, <laughs> waiting for a motherfucker to tackle him or to come to him so he could fuck him up. You know what I'm saying? Take out his frustration on him, his anger, his rage, all of those things. That is the equivalent of specific sorts, kinds of individuals who own guns, gun owners, those open carry individuals. Now, why else would you need the world to see that you have a firearm? Beyond, why else would you need the world to see you are carrying a firearm um, other than to have people fear you or to question you or to be focusing on you? You are the center of attention. And God forbid anybody should say anything or question you about it. I feel the same way. If you own a gun, the world doesn't need to know it. The only individuals that need to know you own a firearm, if you're out in public, if you're in a restaurant or you're in a school or, or, or in a mall or whatever the situation might be, are the individuals who uh, force you to use it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else needs to know that you have it. Unless, of course, it's law enforcement or you're walking into a place where guns aren't allowed, open, you know, open, open or concealed or otherwise. But a lot of those individuals are big on doing that. They want to be uh, a big deal, man. They want to be the center of fucking attention. Those are the individuals that I am, I am very concerned about who need to be seen, who need to be known. And whether they'd admit it or not, they need to be feared, which yeah. is a way a, a way to respect in, ter- how, in terms of how they walk through life. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lack something. They lack something. They, they like that sense, that sense of power they have. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother is a, is, a, is a gun owner, a respectable, responsible gun owner. There's a, mm-hmm. a difference. That's right. Um, Wayne is a respectable responsible gun owner and so is uh jason mm-hmm. um <laughs> 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 I, yeah I, I don't know i don't mm-hmm. know yeah. um i've been with them at, at times and my brother jason wayne i've been with them at times where i know that they were carrying um in the car or on their person and i didn't you know it, it was concealed I understood it. It didn't, it didn't uh, offend me at all. You Mm -hmm. know, actually, I actually felt safe and secure, you know, Mm -hmm. especially like if we're in another city um, and it's, you know, it's nighttime and stuff like that. I feel felt secure with my brother Mm -hmm. or Wayne and shit, you know, riding around. um, But I know that it's, that's just not me. I I mean, you can hold a gun, you can hold on to it. You know, you got it. You got Mm -hmm. it. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just mm-hmm. don't. It's just not just not me. I have siblings who own guns as well, and they are responsible gun owners. They if you didn't know them, you would know that they owned firearms. You would know when they were forced, if you were with them, to use them or forced to pull them or, you know, to display them in uh, threatening situations. But these are all responsible, even headed, you know, or even killed level headed individuals. They are not eager to hurt or harm or to brandish their power, mm-hmm. you know, in public or to other people. There have been uh, situations where I've, that I've been in with people uh, who are friends or family members who own firearms. And I, too, have felt safe, particularly when we're in, a, we're, we're in some foreign place, some foreign locale. And it's maybe at the dark or maybe it's just a little it could be at Watts. In the fucking daytime or wherever, it doesn't matter where it is because people own guns all over, you know, Um, and I have felt slightly less concerned about what could happen, what what could have happened um, in those situations. But I've never felt that the person with the gun is at, at the very least as much of a threat to me by way of fucking bravado or horseshit. A lack of fucking uh, 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 self-awareness or maturity maturity or walking (laughs) in a uh very pronounced sense of fragility where the ego is concerned there so with these people my family members and other friends i've never felt at risk but there are also individuals that i've been around who were they would call themselves quote-unquote responsible gun owners that i thought well fuck i'm more well i'm more at risk being around you Nobody else is noticing us or bothering us, but you're gung-ho about what it is you do, what it is you own, about your sense of power, your sense of stature when it comes to people that, shit, I might need to go around, I might need to get out of the car or the truck or the vehicle or whatever, or walk in another direction, uh, you know, you and I split, we part ways because you're more of a risk to me than the individuals that you're supposed to be protecting us from. You're too gung-ho. You're too hung up on the power and the visibility and the threat that this firearm um, uh, gives you. Man, you hear about these accidental shootings all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. I mean, like recently, like a 20-something-year-old uh, woman, her sister shot herself in, in the face with, mm. with her gun. Yeah. They were just being irresponsible with it. They yeah. were taking pictures. Selfies. For, yeah, selfies and stuff like that, you know. And she ended up getting shot in the face and died. And the sister is being charged with her death. Yeah. Sad situation, but yeah, a lot of people aren't responsible with the firearms they have. They they treat them like, like toys. toys. Yeah. yeah. Um, a firearm isn't a fucking plaything, and too many people aren't concerned about that being a fact and mm-hmm. it's not just younger people it's people our age mm-hmm. we know folks our in our age group and older who are they, they treat them they don't respect them they may say they respect them but they don't they're thinking about the power that the possession of these things the power that it lends them but they aren't toys but uh thanks to certain aspects of american culture just period i'm the american way of life uh people uh too many people are um not interested in taking them seriously until something happens as is the as 
that's what happened in the sad case of this woman and her sister dying. Mm -hmm. That's tragic, man. That's terrible. It really honestly is. And she's going to be living with that for the rest of her days. That I know. Mm -hmm. She's going to be wondering, had we been more responsible, had I been more responsible, what would the outcome have been? Who the fuck wants, who, who has the desire to play with a gun, a loaded gun? It was, it was, it's very sad. It's tragic. Well, like so many other incidents and accidents and things of that nature that occur in this country. And a big part of that is uh, 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 a direct result of this culture, the, the gun culture in this fucking mm -hmm. country. And it's not just uh, once a race, one single race or one religious group or one gender or one socioeconomic or political or, or whatever stature you're, wherever you are on the scale, on the ladder, of American life, it is it, it it permeates every level. Yeah, this love and desire to feel this power, to feel this this wonder, it kind of forces people like us who really aren't into guns. Mm -hmm. uh, it forces them to, you know, say like, "Yeah, I need me a gun." Yeah, because everybody else got one. Yeah, it kind of pulls you into that um, space to where you you just you just think you need to arm yourself because yeah. so many other people are armed uh like i said i, I got my gun permit and I, I still haven't bought a gun yet i don't think i will buy mm -hmm. one um maybe I'm, you don't need a permit for a shotgun i, I might get a shotgun i don't know I, and that's that's startling as you don't need a <laughs> permit for a fucking shotgun that is honestly um so i heard about this the other uh the other night mm -hmm. on the previous the main satellite, the previous episode of the main satellite. And that just blew me away, man. I never knew that. To me, that I feel more like having a baseball bat in the house. Mm -hmm. What Wayne was saying at the end of the last episode about uh, women owning guns, that's mm -hmm. totally understandable. Yes. Um, you know, he's got a whole lot of crazy sex crazed individuals out there who attack women or just, mm -hmm. just crazy individuals in general who mm -hmm. attack women so it's it's um totally understandable that you know a woman will want to arm herself with something like that absolutely and that's about all i have um on the last episode what else you got i want to say that i want to say that um i have you and i spoken about this privately and we are of a mind when it comes to owning firearms so for an individual i said this to you many times for a person like you, you to be who I know you to be and have known you to be for 30 years, the thought of you feeling not compelled, but forced to, to buy or to purchase a firearm and have it in your possession, knowing who you are inside is, is, is extremely heartbreaking mm. because that's not who you are at all. But you do live in American society, you are a black man. And it doesn't matter. You do live in a major metropolitan city, but it doesn't, it wouldn't matter if you lived in bumfuck Ohio or wherever the fuck. The fact that you are who you are, me knowing you as well as I know you, and us knowing one another as well as we know one another, the fact that you feel forced to own a firearm is extraordinarily distressing to me. And also for myself. Because you know how I feel about guns, man. But we've had this conversation. Uh, I've thought about uh, getting my hands on a gun. And I know who I am. 
And the thought of being forced into doing that is not by any sense of um, pride or ego, but by a sense of you want to survive. You want your friends, your family members, you want your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the fuck. You want your people to survive. You want to have a way to protect you and yours. And people like us feeling not compelled, once again, but forced into evening the playing field is very distressing and it's very sad. It's extremely sad, man. It really honestly is. And I know that there are a lot of people here in this country who feel the same way. There are folks who would never touch them. They would never have them around their homes. Whether they, it, it just wouldn't matter whether they had kids or not, whether they had pets, whether they lived alone, whether they were married or whatever the situation might be. I know quite a few people um, in this country didn't want to have anything to do with guns before the last, I would say, prior to the last couple of years. But now mass shootings are happening so often. Uh, burglaries right out in the open and broad daylight are happening often rapes are happening often all of these things are happening often so a lot of folks who did not feel they were repulsed by firearms like you and i you know mm-hmm. feel forced to grab hold of a way to protect them and theirs and that's extremely extraordinarily distressing to me it's, mm-hmm. it's just sad man that's just heartening uh, but what choice do we have now you can have a weapon or a way to defend yourself. And that, like we were speaking about before, like we have spoken about, having a gun is probably not going to prevent you being killed if there's mm-hmm. a home invasion or if you are suddenly approached by some gun-wielding fucking maniac. Uh, but it would heighten your chances of survival. In the end, if a person wants to kill you, though, they're going to do it. Yeah. And you can't, that's just not something you can run from. You know, you're, this is not a movie, as we were speaking of earlier, we're talking about on the last episode here. Um, it's not a movie. It's not television. It's not a novel or comic book or anything like this. It's real motherfucking life. And people don't wait around to put a bullet in you. If they know they want something from you or they want to harm you, they're not going to give you a chance to whip out a motherfucking gun. You're not a gunslinger of old. You're <laughs> not a gunslinger out of Stephen King's Dark Tower series. If you haven't read it, get on it. It's fantastic. We both love it. Uh, but that's not real. That's not a way of real life. But it would make you feel, uh, at the very least, a sense of the playing field being even. And that is is really sad. Yeah. That's just so sad to me, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. I can't tell you um, that I will ever own a firearm, but I'd be a liar if I told you uh, that I hadn't thought about it and thought about it at length particularly now when we are being hunted like fucking mm. beasts, mm-hmm. not even beasts that are useful. You can kill a fox and have the fox tail or the hide, right? You can kill a boar. And if you skin it and gut it right and clean it right, you could eat the meat. We are animals that in America, black men and women are animals in America at the moment, as we've always been. They just kill us for sport. They kill mm-hmm. us because it makes them feel good. They kill us because it makes their dicks hard or their pussies goddamn wet. So at this point in time, owning a firearm or at least thinking about owning a firearm is, I think it's par for the course, particularly if uh, it, it doesn't matter if you have a family or not around you or uh, even a home to defend, but you are uh, on your, your game. You're a big fucking game, man. So it's something to think about and is infuriating uh, it's frustrating and it's very disheartening that individuals like us, and I know there are a lot of people around the country like us, black people, who 
it's just sad that we feel com- we, we feel not compelled again, but we feel forced to do something to protect us and ours. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's it's just fucked up, man. It's very fucked up. You remember that story um, about uh, this happened at I think at like some kind of gas station or something. Um, this black couple they they pulled into a parking space. Um, I don't know exactly how it initially started, but anyway, the the boyfriend, the black boyfriend, was in the store. He mm-hmm. came out of the store and he saw this 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 white guy at the at the um, driver side window, you know, mm-hmm. fussing with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he went over there he, and pushed the guy off away from the uh, mm-hmm. door. The dude fell to the ground on his butt and immediately, yeah. immediately pulled a motherfucking pistol out and shot the guy in the chest. And yes, killed him I do remember that. Like a fucking coward. Yeah. A couple <sighs> years ago. Four, five, that's what six I'm, years ago. Yep. Yeah. That's what I mean about they're, they're just waiting for an opportunity to use that shit. Especially on on us because they yeah. know that they can probably get away with it. That's what I'm saying. Some stand my ground shit or my life was in danger. Yeah, Some I felt threatened. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, if if the guy that got shot in the chest had a gun, it wouldn't have saved his life. But that kind of stuff makes me think about getting a gun. Yeah, but it also makes me feel like I don't want a gun. Yeah, because when I see motherfuckers like the dickhead that shot him, walking around with open carry, just waiting for an opportunity, it makes me, like I said, it makes me want to punch him in the nose. It makes yeah. me want to try him. It makes makes me want to be like, motherfucker, I can, I can rip you apart with my bare motherfucking hands. Yeah, yeah. If you ain't had that motherfucking gun, shit. If you got the gun, I can still do that shit, bitch. So you better be a great shot. You better be a crack shot. <laughs> Hell yeah, give you a better, damn. You better be rolling a gunslinger from Stephen King's Dark Tower series <laughs> or uh, fucking Annie Oakley or Django or whoever the fuck you need to be. <laughs> because if you miss, it's over and done for you. Yeah. Like, you know, um, yes, I do remember that uh, story. I remember that occurrence. I remember the video, watching the video. And um, I think the guy got away with it. And even if he didn't get away with it, he got away with it because he's white in America. And he, he he hauled iron on, on a black man. and He killed him because he felt fucking threatened. You know, he won't be in as long as if this if, if you were talking about comparisons, if it had happened with a black man, if the situation were reversed, uh, the black man would have lost out. He would have been in prison for life. This guy may well be out if he ever went to fucking prison. <laughs> um, But. Also, what it is you were saying a moment ago. Yeah, it's very unlikely that him having a gun, the black man having a gun, the murdered man having a gun would have saved his life. But it would have given him given him a fight motherfucking chance. At the very least, it would have it would have even the playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and, and even then, it still would have been that even because the white guy knew that he was waiting for an opportunity to, to kill some fucking body, a black man. So mm-hmm. even then, he'd have been ready. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it would have felt like a fighting chance. Like, like, mm-hmm. damn, or, or if the guy shot the chest, maybe with his, and I know this is going to sound like some bull, some horse shit, but maybe with his last breath, he could have shot this motherfucker in the head. I mean, you know, any goddamn thing, mm-hmm. you know, even though life is not a movie mm-hmm. <laughs> or a television show or a novel or a comic book, but, um, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I said that he immediately shot him. It wasn't immediate. He had time to process what was going on. He, he was did. sitting on the fucking ground. He processed that. It was a black guy that pushed him. 
black guy was in the process. He, the black guy was in the process of actually turning around. Yeah. He shot him yeah. in the chest. Yeah. Like a bitch. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting more angry thinking about like it right the now. Consummate, like the consummate motherfucking coward. Yeah. And this illustrates what it is uh, you said about if a person with a firearm, a maniac, a fucking lunatic, a lunatic with a firearm knows they're going to kill you. Once they've made their mind up, you have very, even if you have a firearm as well, you have very little chance because you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going to, you don't know what's coming to you. You mm-hmm. yourself may not be a fucking maniac. Now, I guess there are situations uh, uh, in which it is this, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. Like if you're on a, uh, a field of battle, a battle theater, then of course, you know, you need to fight to kill, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about people uh, who are not moving in battle theaters, if a person decides they're going to kill you, even if you have a firearm, it's very unlikely you're going to be able to survive because you're not thinking about it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sudden situation. And for the moment that this guy walked up to this goddamn passenger side window and was cursing this woman out, this black woman out, he knew that if he ran into any problems, he was going to not only kill her, but anybody who came to her motherfucking defense. He already mm-hmm. knew it. He knew it. Mm-hmm. That's what gave him the fucking backbone to yep. do what he did. Yep. So he had already decided when, Whatever the instigation, whatever whatever initially instigated the problem to him, he knew the instant he decided to com- confront this woman, this black woman, mm-hmm. he knew he was he was planning to kill some goddamn body if she got out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of control for him was a simple "get out of my woman's face." <laughs> or if the man had if the man had come out there to defend his lady, it's very likely that he would have hauled leather on her, a hauled iron on her, and shot yeah. her. Goddamn yeah. like. He already he was already prepared for what he felt that he not only needed to do, but what he had a right to do. So if this man had come up out of this store and walked up on him, and even if he had a gun himself, this motherfucker already knew what he was planning on doing. It was just a matter of time. And it probably wouldn't have saved his life. But it, I'm sure it would have at least felt at that in that moment to him and his woman like the playing field was somewhat, somewhat not quite as lopsided. It was somewhat even. I hadn't thought about that situation. It's funny you brought it up because I hadn't thought about this situation or thought about that video in years. And it came with the news cycle and it flowed right out when the next news cycle pushed its way in. And those very same situations years later are, of course, still happening to us. Mm-hmm. We're being murdered by white people. And not all white people, we shouldn't have to fucking say this, but of course, we know that not all white people are scumbag asshole monsters. We know that, but there are certain sorts of white people in America who feel they felt emboldened by people like Donald Trump. Defend yourself. And whatever you're defending yourself from is up is is to your discretion. It's up up to you. So it could be a a stare, right? A stare that goes on for a little long, or it could be a person walking out of a, a place and you're walking by them and they nudge you with their shoulder inadvertently. They don't mean to fucking do it, right? That is a threat to you. Those say, that same shit is still happening to us uh, by way of cops, by way of yesterday you and I were speaking about that fucking cracker, that Yahoo cracker couple that came out of that fucking home and the man had a, what did he have, Mark? He had a shotgun? Uh, an assault rifle. An assault rifle. And his bitch of a wife came out with his fucking pea shooter. It's this fucking gun. He was protecting his two acres. 
and he was protecting his two acres <laughs> and a mule somewhere hidden in the back, stuffed the fuck away. And they were gung ho, man. They were adamant about it. I really am surprised. Actually, did they did they did they fire off any rounds? Nah, they didn't. Okay, but they were prepared because they knew they had the right to do that because they were two acre owning gun owners assholes yeah that what you were saying before about it, it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a conf, it's a feeling of conflict man because on the one hand you're you you're like you're thinking to yourself well fuck i need to have something for me and mine i mean mm-hmm. god damn it i need to have something even if you are if you're a quick draw motherfucker mcgraw or roland or or Django, whoever the fuck even if you manage to shoot a person who is assaulting you or threatening you or trying to kill you let's say you do shoot them and take them fucking down you you eradicate the fucking threat you are still a black man in america with a gun yeah, yeah. now look at uh so, what happened to um initially happened to uh brianna taylor's boyfriend yeah license gun owner they they bust in on him and he's you know protecting the home mm-hmm. and they still charged him and it took an outcry from the public for them to drop the charges. And meanwhile, his woman is shot to bits. <laughs> so even if you are quick on the draw and you manage to take down or incapacitate or kill a person who is having one of these gun freaks who's coming at you with a fucking gun you are still a black man or woman in america so you may feel like you won the battle but the war is yet to occur and odds are pretty good based upon our history you are not going to be uh the winner of that particular war you are going away at best and at worst you're going to be placed on death row and we've seen this shit happen time and again so what you were saying earlier about it being a conflict within you, both wanting to have something to protect you and yours and being repulsed by owning a fucking gun, not because you and yours are irresponsible, fuck wide, two-worker having uh, uh, gun owners, but because you don't want to be put in that motherfucking group and you don't want to feel like you are part of that sect of fucking loonies. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to understand the conflict. I also, brother feel that sense of uh that pool in two directions and 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 how you're supposed to feel if you're a black person in america who is not a fan of firearms you don't want them how are you supposed to fucking feel it's sad isn't it brother yeah it is it really is and the more we talk about it the more it makes you want to be like yeah we all of us need to stay armed yeah but like it's a conflict within it is. And it forces you to feel, I don't know, when I've thought about owning guns, man, and and, and I say over the last four or five years, I've actually felt disgusted with myself, mm-hmm. seeing everything that's going on. And it's uh, me in the dark reaches of the night, man. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, can you honestly think about owning a firearm? Can you honestly think about having one stuffed in a fucking under a floorboard or in a cabinet or wherever the fuck? Uh, I just I don't want to feel like one of them, man. I know I'm not one of them, but I don't want to feel like one of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the thought of, of owning a a fucking death machine. 
that's the only purpose of a fucking gun is to deal with fucking death. But there are situations you might you might find your, yourself uh, placed in where you have no choice but to deal with death. So it's a it's a terrible conflict, and it's uh it's it's really sad. We are not at the field forced into those sorts of situations, man. We are not at the field that way. Back to assholes talking about selfishness, yeah, self centeredness, yeah. <laughs> Segway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, brother. Other phone was going off. The fucking alarm on the phone. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Listeners, listeners, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come home. Come home. We're still here. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead, man. <laughs> nah, nah. The, the episode prior to that one, we were talking about, we were just reminiscing on music and um, we got stuck on music. We were, we were supposed to talk about movies and stuff too, but we um, ended up talking about P. Diddy. You know I got to keep you city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people like P. Diddy. Motherfucking Bill Gates. Floyd um, Mayweather. Steve, Floyd Mayweather. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. There are enough assholes to circle the world twice. That's right. I don't know if you want to spend any time talking about that episode or not. There are... The, the asshole quotient is inexhaustible and that's across America, across America. That's across the world. It's across every fucking community. Uh, we don't need any more of these motherfuckers around. I, I, th- I think we pretty much said what we had to say on that one. I don't even, I don't even think that needs to be recapped, but uh, in case it does, those who haven't heard, because this is the thing that we talk about constantly. We talk about it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You and I are talking about it constantly. Assholes and what makes them popular, um, what makes them uh, worthy of imitation, what makes them rich and famous and uh, unaccountable. They walk through this world uh, not being held accountable for anything at all that they do. Fuck them. If you're an asshole and you're hearing this and you are entitled, I know that's an overused, it's what we call them, it's a buzzword, that's what people are calling them now, but if you are a self-centered, selfish motherfucker um, who feels that the world revolves around your asshole, fuck you. <laughs> Point blank, fuck you. And if you think I'm talking about you, yes, I'm talking about you. If you have to doubt whether you are part of that or not, if you had to doubt that you are a part of the good fight, a part of the light, then you are who the fuck I'm talking about. I do not wish to fucking uh, explain it to you. I do not wish to make you better. I do not wish to uh, convince you you are not that. If you think you're that, you are that. If you think you're an asshole, that's what the fuck you are. Fuck them. Fuck P. Diddy. Fuck Bill Gates. Fuck Steve Jobs. Fuck uh, 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 Floyd Mayweather. Fuck all these motherfuckers, man. That's how I feel about it. I, I, and I'm and we're both like super duper uh uh unyielding on, on that score. No excuses made for assholes. I don't give a fuck who raised you, I don't give a fuck <laughs> who died in your life, I don't give a fuck how much money you had or didn't have, I don't give a fuck how uh, uh what happened to you, who touched you when you were a goddamn kid. I don't give a fuck about any of those things. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole, and there is no excuse. As I said before in the, in the same show. There's an expiry period on how long you can use what has occurred and what's happened to you, what's been done to you as a motherfucking crutch to excuse your fuckery. <laughs> now that pisses me off just thinking about it. But Kanye West is mentally unstable. 
Kanye West ain't been the same since his mama died. Man, you better get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out. Mark, we're all, you know what? Here's a revelation. I am mentally unstable. Here's a revelation. You are mentally unstable. Here's a revelation. Every human being on planet Earth is mentally unstable in some way, shape, form, or motherfucking fashion. But should that be a crutch? I know I'm fucking retarded. I know that. I know everybody else is retarded. And for those of you who are hearing this, who take issue with that fucking word, who take umbrage with that fucking word, you know what the fuck I'm saying. We're all fucking disabled. We're all crazy. We're all fucking retarded. Not retarded, retarded. But that is no excuse to walk through life, to zoom, to coast through life, shitting all over other people. Deal with your shit, your horse shit, just like everyone else has to. Yeah. And if you were an asshole, you best believe people like my brother and I are going to call you out. And it just gets sweeter the older we get. It gets so, <laughs> so much sweeter the older we get, man. Like, fuck you. Cram it up your ass. Do better. Build. What more? Build. Build back. Better. better. Say it again, brother. Build, Build back. back better. better. Now, that's what Joe Biden said. You motherfuckers <laughs> voted for him, right? We voted for him because there was no choice. But Joe Biden and his administration say, still say and said, build back motherfucking better. If you have been, if your goddamn veins have been collapsed, veins collapse, veins collapse. I hope your goddamn veins collapse. That's for lavender. <laughs> Find a way to build the motherfuckers back up and stop using your past trauma or bullshit or the debts of family, the debts of family members or mental illness or poverty or whatever the fuck. Those aren't excuses anymore. I know at one point in time, Mark, those were plenty of it. There were plenty of excuses to me. There were, there were, there were enough of an excuse to me. But as mm -hmm. I gotten older, I've watched how these damaged motherfuckers are okay with damaging other people. Yeah. You better build that motherfucking better. <laughs> <laughs> that I can agree with. Build back better. <laughs> BBB. <laughs> Build back motherfucking better. You know that your veins are collapsed. You know you <laughs> fucked up. You know you've been mistreated. You know you've been abused. You know you've been molested. You know you grew up uh, impoverished, right? You know you were bullied. You know you are uh, disabled or whatever the situation is. But those things, everybody has dealt with something in their own way. Everybody's dealt with something that is that is that has disarmed them, that has fucked them up. But the majority of human beings figure out ways to grow to evolve to not shit on other human beings to eclipse that to in short do what more build back better build back motherfucking better and if you're an individual who's made the decision that that's not your responsibility then fuck you <laughs> that's that, that I'm, I'm we are passionate as fuck about that there and the older we get the more passionate we are fuck your excuses we got excuses <laughs> excuses as our, our, as my brother used to say, up for assholes. Everybody's got goddamn woman they need, it. but they got to take a shit on somebody else. Fuck you. Do better. Build back. Better. You better do your motherfucking build. <laughs> I know I will. I know I had a little fucking a little fucking tantrum there, but that's how I feel. Ah, keep preaching shit. They, they so, tell me I. They tell me they told me I should be a preacher. I've been asked if I've ever thought about being a preacher. Mark, you what you reckon, man? What do you reckon about the Church of Brody? Not Brody, Brody. I'd become a member. Yeah, man. Come on. 
Come on. <laughs> and you can leave, you can even leave your wallet at home. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't take yeah. up no offering. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the the uh episode prior to that one, what were we talking about? Children. I think I think it might have been parenthood. Parenthood, yeah. How you feeling about parenthood, brother? Have any of have any of your, of your perspectives since that show? Have they shifted? Have they changed? Or do you feel the same way? Tell me how you feel. I feel the same way. I didn't really have too much to say on that mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck them. I really don't want any. Yeah. But, you know, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make take me care an uncle. Of make, me a, make me an uncle again, man. Make <laughs> me an uncle again. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I, I take care of them, you know, and they will be, you know, it will be nice, but I ain't, they, ain't, they ain't no plan to have any kids. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I ain't really had too much to say on that episode. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bay. Bay, you know, Bay. Mm-hmm. They always says, bro, you a talking motherfucker. <laughs> and I had a lot to say uh, on that show, on that on that podcast. But I won't lengthen my recap words any further than I need to. And I'll just say this. I try to, in other words, I'm gonna try to be brief. If you're a parent, whether it was planned or unplanned. Do better than your parents did for you. Be conscious of it. Be decent to other people. Know that the people that you are raising, the people you are raising are going to walk into the world one day and they're going to interact with other human beings. Raise your children with that in mind. You can be poor. You can be rich. You can be somewhere in the middle. You can be mentally ill. You can be straight. You can be gay. You can be black. You can be white, Asian, Indian, Native American, whatever the fuck you can be. But if you have children, raise them with intent because one day they're going to be forced into the world more often than not some people don't don't they spoil their kids so they don't let it happen but more often than not uh what happens is they're forced into the world and the rest of the world is forced to deal with them do the best you can by your kids and if you know you're not ready for them or if you know you know who it is you are you know who you are on the inside if you know you can't come up off of your own selfishness listen we're allowed to be selfish in some ways, so long as they aren't fucking with other people. But if you know that you can't come, you can't stand up or come up off of your own selfishness before you have them, don't have them. There are enough enough damaged people in this fucking world. Mm -hmm. And there are enough people who are fucked with kind of reaching back to what we were talking about before. There are plenty of folks who have children and they half-ass raise them. They're giving other people to raise, which is necessary sometimes. But the problem is, who are you giving them to? Okay, mm-hmm. to raise them and they move into the world and they become gun toting lunatics because they have no sense of fucking self because they've never been gifted a sense of self by decent fucking guardians, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, older siblings, whatever the fuck. If you're going to have children, if you have children, because we all make mistakes, do the best you can by them. Because one one day in the future, they will be society's problem. They will be the world's problem if you're not raising them correctly. I have no kids. I don't want them. My mom <laughs> always says, leave them motherfuckers where they are if that's how you feel. And that's how I feel. I'm all right. I got enough, enough nephews and nieces. 
And that's not what my ego, that's not what my ego is. That's not what my ego lies in terms of leaving behind, you know, descendants. And frankly, I've helped raise enough kids that I know that I can do it and I can do it well and, and I've experienced it. So I don't need to have any of my own. Like my brother was just saying, uh, like you were just saying, Mark, if it happens, it happens. But I really don't see it happening I, I, because it's got close to happening. And them motherfuckers had to go. <laughs> People in the world, one kid in particular, uh, it was only ever one who may not may not believe in abortion. They may, they, believe, they may believe it's the wrong thing, but at that point in my life, my early 20s, I like to travel. I was a writer. I like to do what I wanted to do. I know that their parents, I've seen the results of kids who are neglected, that are neglected. Parents don't want the fuck they want to do when they feel like it. I didn't want to be that. That's how my dad was. I didn't want to be that 20 kid that I had. So the, the, the person that I was with, hanging out with, she and I made a decision to end that, to terminate that. Now, there are those of you who may not believe in it, but I did it for the sake of the child. And I did it for myself too. God damn it. I feel like if more people were, 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 were honest about that sort of thing, there'd be a lot less fucking human beings running around this planet. A lot less gun owners of that sort. A lot less fucking Unabombers. A lot less Idi Amin's. A lot less Jeffrey Dahmer's. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers don't need to have them. So I said that I was going to make this short and sweet, and it turns out I have not, but that's how I feel about it. I feel lead them motherfuckers with it for Brody. For Brody. If it happens, I'm sure I'll make a decent dad, but I ain't trying to make it happen. And I want it to happen. And that is how I feel about that. Now, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the episode prior to that one was the first episode, and we talked about uh, narcissism mm-hmm. and just assholes, mm-hmm. which became um, an unplanned theme uh, for, <laughs> for, the, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, it, it was an underlying thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to go in depth talking about that first episode because That's we just right. talked about assholes and narcissism. But we can talk about this this recent video we just saw today mm-hmm. about uh, uh, this woman and her son. Oh God! <laughs> taking a full spread of 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 seafood on a uh airplane a commercial flight a full spread hold on mark what did she call it she called it not a seafood boil a seafood burl (laughs) b-u-r-l a seafood burl (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she says that's not the first time that she's done that she says she she always does that she always takes um full spreads of seafood since the age of eight i think she said since the age of eight Mm-hmm. yep and um so she ain't got no problem with it which means she ain't gonna stop doing it she also said she read some comments on social media and people were calling her ghetto and saying you know all types of things about what her and her son did mm-hmm. uh she said she was she was saddened by that but she ain't gonna stop doing it uh-huh. she's gonna continue to do it so she doubled down on the shit um and I'm here to say, <laughs> I'm here to Marcus Albert Carnegie mm-hmm. is here on the main satellite to say the main on the, the, on the main satellite mm-hmm. to tell this woman and her son mm-hmm. that yes, you and your motherfucking son 
are ghetto as fuck. I don't give a damn. I usually don't use that term ghetto. Well, I use it sparingly. But it's appropriate. It's It's appropriate appropriate. right now. It's appropriate. You and your son are some obnoxious, selfish ass motherfuckers. People don't want to smell that shit. Everybody don't want to smell that shit. Everybody don't eat seafood. You know, I don't eat seafood. And Mm -hmm. I know there are a whole lot of other people out there that don't eat seafood. Mm -hmm. The smell of seafood makes Mm -hmm. me nauseous. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine being on a on a plane thousands of feet in the air in a, in an enclosed compartment and can't recycled, di- recycled yeah, air, recycled air. And I can't distance myself from all that bullshit. Mm. <laughs> so people are forced to deal with it because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> and she don't give a damn. Her and her son don't give a damn. They just they just obnoxious like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and your son are ghetto. You about look like you about to shed a tear over that shit. Cry, bitch. I don't care. Y'all ghetto as hell. That's all I got to say. Tears. No, it's not. I'm going to come back and say something else. But right now, that's all I got to say about that. So tears. Great big crocodile tears. <laughs> Cry them. How do you think individuals on that flight, on those flights, God only knows how many she's been on. Mm. Do you think they were close to crying? What about individuals who might uh, uh, have asthma or they might have allergies mm. or any number of other things? What about folks who just plain don't want to smell that shit? Including folks who may enjoy seafood. Anybody who eats seafood, uh, particularly uh, uh, just an amalgamation of, 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 of things, dishes, fish and crab and lobster and shrimp and scallops and clams and all these things even those who eat those things uh uh uh, know how powerful they are uh the odors and they know how they kind of they kind of set in your clothes man it sets in your clothes it Mm -hmm. sets in your hair all of those things so imagine being uh enclosed in a tube breathing recycling air a mile off the ground and you cannot escape it and all you're hearing is the cracking of mm. sea roach carapaces mm. behind you in front of you beside you and the smell wafting out and people sucking their fingers and people smacking and people having a ball that is incredibly selfish it's just a height of the of self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also infuriating that these people are doubling down, as you said, they're doubling down on that. Mm-hmm. Not only has this inconsiderate asshole of a woman been doing it since she was eight years old and she didn't look like anybody's spring chicken, you know. <laughs> Not only is she gonna continue to do it herself. She has not raised a man to be the same goddamn way. And he's going to move out. of. He's already doing it. Already. Moved into the world, feeling that nobody else matters, man. Nobody else's feelings or personal space, you know, mm-hmm. or nobody else is worthy of consideration so long as he has what he wants. And it may seem like people hearing this uh, may feel, well, it was just seafood. It was just, you know, uh, them having a meal. But it goes a lot deeper than that. It's about selfishness. It's about narcissism. It's about me, 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 and fuck everybody else. And 
what you mentioned something earlier about people are going to be seeing this and they're getting attention by doing this. So those who didn't feel comfortable doing things like this before, are they now going to feel comfortable doing it? They're going to follow suit. They're going to follow suit. And to me, it's the equivalent of carrying your gun. Going back to that, I'm mm. public and everybody needing to see it. These motherfuckers could have had their food. In the, so they run a, evidently they run a seafood restaurant or something, you know. <laughs> They could have eaten before they before they got to the airport. They could have eaten in the fucking airport, but they had to take that fucking that that slop onto <laughs> a fucking plane to show. They they were doing it to show off, man. They were doing yeah, it as they say that, it goes, but to show out. That's that's the only reason. Like you said, they could have did it before they went to the airport. They could have did it at the airport in the food court. They could have kept it packed up and did it after they got off the fucking plane to wherever yeah. they were going. Yeah, but they wanted to do it on the plane. So they could take pictures and post them on social media and get attention and just be seen. Yeah, and and, and, even, it, and look, this this woman you probably about to say what, what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. Go ahead, bro. This woman, she says she's been doing it since she 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 was eight years old. Her and her family. Even then, they were doing it for attention. Yeah, they wanted people to be turning around, looking like, oh, what y'all got going on? That's me, no good. Mm-hmm. Get some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, let's say they had to have food on a plane on the plane and they didn't have excuse me they didn't have money enough to buy that expensive ass airport food even though they just come from home they ran they run a seafood excuse me damn outfit or whatever restaurant or whatever if they didn't have the money to buy it, if they weren't able to bring it from home they could have had it in small sensibly sized containers and if they had to eat it on the plane let's say for some reason they couldn't eat it in the airport they could have had small sensibly sized containers and eaten it on the plane okay they could have done that these motherfuckers got on a plane with something that you would see at a motherfucking cookout. Yeah, them down. Big, yeah. Big, massive aluminum foil, uh, or as it said, Goldsboro, aluminum foil. <laughs> Tareens, these fucking massive, huge containers. They, they, they own, they're on the plane eating a seafood, or an entire seafood, not boiled, burl. I'm talking about with all the fucking trimmings, man. Uh, how the fuck do you get that on a plane? Now, the guy said in the clip, the boy, the, the young man, the son, the asshole son, said in the clip that wherever they were from, they don't stop you at the fucking door. Whatever you can take up there, you can take up there. Think about what their bags mark, mm. purses, book sacks, or whatever. Think about how much of a hassle that would mm. be to go, th- that would be to take that shit on a motherfucking plane. Mm-hmm. But they did it anyway, because yeah. they wanted attention. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be noticed. They wanted to be envied and admired. This bitch is holding up entire crabs. Lobsters and shit. Lobsters and shit. I should say. Thank you for that correction, bro. <laughs> holding up entire motherfucking lobsters, just playing around with them. And she's got people sitting right in front of her. Now, she said she was able to turn coach in the first fucking class. But if you're you in coach... It, let me t- go ahead. If no, no, you're no. in coach... Oh, let, oh, let me see. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, she said she turned what? She turned. She did what? Turned coach in the first class. She turned coach into low class. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, how about Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> also, if you're not in first class 
And I've only ever ridden and flown in first class once in my life, Mark. But I know it's a little bit more comfortable. The seats are a little bit space, they're, they're a little bit more, they're a little bit further out, they're a little bit more, they're better spaced. And um just in that capacity alone. People and coach, the seats are right up on top of your ass. Mm-hmm. If you if you lean to the side, the left or the right, you could damn near smell people's breath because it's that close. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers turned coach into first class, right? That's what they say. <laughs> really into fucking low class, they turned it. But you're right up in people's fucking personal space with that shit. And as you were saying, not everybody likes fucking seafood. Even, even I like I like fucking seafood. I don't eat it that often, but I like it. But even I would have been repulsed, disgusted. My stomach would have been turning because you can't get away from it. Mm, your clothes got off the plane. Been, your clothes would have been smelling like that shit. Yeah. And your then, hair, your clothes. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and, and during that, while they're eat, eating it, nobody better not say anything. Uh-huh. Nobody better not say shit. Mm-hmm. Cause they they would have cut it. That I mean, they I bet they were prepared to cuss somebody out if they, they said something. They were. They were prepared to turn that whole goddamn flight out <laughs> if somebody had said something to them. So you go out of your way to shit on even the thought of considering other people, and then you're ready. You're re- you're ready, willing, and waiting. Again, you out on the motherfucking ice. You in the ice rink. Skating without a motherfucking stick, like Cedric the Entertainer said. I can never say it, only Cedric. I always got to say Cedric the Entertainer, you know. But you're ready for somebody to say something to you. So you can feel outraged because they dared question your just absolute, just sheer fuckery, man. Like your sheer fucking selfishness and narcissism. But I know they were ready. The woman seemed like she was fucking ready in the mm-hmm. fucking interview. She seemed she looked like the type. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. She liked the type. And the son looked mm-hmm. and sounded like the motherfucking type who was ready. And they looked like they were, they looked like they look and sound like the kind of motherfuckers that'd be ready to double team. Once one runs out of wind, the other one takes up the fucking calls. <laughs> and they bandy it back and fucking forth. Yep. <laughs> you know, it didn't, <coughs> excuse me, it didn't end in the way that it could have ended. But I know that there were people on that plane, man, in this particular flight, and many of us who had a problem with that. I know that there have been times when people have stated how they felt about it, like right on the fucking flight. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, there are other people up here, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't doubt that both the mother and the son were banding it back and forth. You take this side, I take this side. You take this person, I take that person. Or I'll take this person as long as I can. When I got to <clears throat> breathe, then you jump the fuck in. <clears throat> if I were on a flight, and I experienced that, and I done paid my hard-earned motherfucking money. You go from point A to point B, and I got to smell that, and you know that they were loud. I don't give a fuck. I don't, gotta, I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck how it sounds. You know they were loud and proud. Yep. yep. So not only are they assaulting your motherfucking nose, your clothes, your hair, and possibly your your health, because they're people who have, you know, uh, mm-hmm. allergies. allergies and things. But they're assaulting your ears, too. They're eating, they're cracking, they're smacking, and they're talking shit. Having a good time, and they wait for somebody to say something so they can fly off their handle at them. But if I'd been on a flight like that, I'm telling you, man, I would have had to. I would have had to have said something. And I don't like confrontation, but fuck that now. And don't tell them how much these people pay for their fucking uh, their, 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 the flight. Right. You don't know if they paid their last. 
Mm-hmm. To go see a dying family member or to go see a kid or to go to a graduation or to just play and get the fuck away from people for a while. I already got to wear masks. Yeah. And be cramped up in, co- in coach. Yeah. And you got to hear and smell these obnoxious, selfish motherfucking people. I tell you, just when I saw the video again, we did the, the rewatch of the video before we started the fucking podcast, man. And I tell you, they both looked and sounded like individuals who were ready. I mean, ready. Mm-hmm. Even if they were smiling and laughing mm-hmm. and joking enough, they still looked and sounded like individuals who were ready, <laughs> who are proud of being ridiculously inconsiderate motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. If you were on a flight like that, brother, what do you think you would have done or said? I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what I would have done or said, but I know what I would have wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I just reach around and slap the shit out of both of them. Yeah. At the age I am now, my patience level for people, or fuckery, I should say, horse shit, stuff and motherfucking nonsense, <laughs> uh, is damn near zero. Mm-hmm. I have very little patience, zero, what is it, nil to zero <laughs> for fuckery, horseshit, meanness, and selfishness, spite, and self-centeredness of that degree, of that, of that level, man. And if I'd have been on a flight, I can't say 100% for certain that I would say something if I were a distance away from them. Imagine the people who were sitting directly in front of them mm. or beside them or behind them. Mm. I can tell you beyond a shadow of any doubt whatsoever, if I were in that space with them, I know at 41 going on 42 years old, I would have fucking said something. <laughs> I don't know what I would have said, but I would have said something. And all it would have taken for me to flip the fuck out or, you know, curse them out <laughs> completely would be either one of them having the gall, the nerve to say, well, who the fuck are you? Or, or, or what, you, what are you going to do about it or whatever? That's one of the reasons, man. I, I'm just not all that fond of being around people now. I'm just not that fond of being around fucking other human beings now. I love my family, my friends, uh, and the few folks that I'm around, those are the folks that I choose. But there are a lot of motherfuckers walking around with that sense of uh, entitlement. Mm-hmm. With a pronounced sense of fucking and an over like overinflated sense of self or ego. Hmm. Yeah, it's disgusting. It is. is truly disgusting. Mm-hmm. And here at the main satellite, like we said, their assholes are gonna be around. Mm-hmm. And here at the main satellite, we're gonna be around to call the <laughs> motherfuckers out every time. Damn. Yep. Um, listeners, we appreciate y'all giving us y'all time. Very much so. Tuning in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate that, man. We do. We do. And those of you who have um, reached out to us, those of you who are loyal, um, just, 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 we have some, we already had, we already, already, we have some very loyal very uh punctual followers 
There are folks that you and I both know that the instant it pops up on whatever platform, they're okay. We about to we about to start listening. We about to start listening. We about to start listening. So we really, uh, as my brother is saying, we really honestly, we genuinely uh, appreciate you guys and gals. We really, really do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what 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 do they have to look for before we get off? What do they have to look forward to in season two? They have. First and foremost, they can look forward to us being forthcoming and being sincere, being honest. And even if it's with one another mm-hmm. up here, it needs to be with not only the world at large, with people that we know, but and with one another and with ourselves. Season two, you can expect us to keep doing what it is we're doing, but doing it better. Uh, <laughs> building, <laughs> as they say, back motherfucking better. You can expect special guests mm-hmm. women and men you can expect uh more in the way of honesty sincerity you can expect more laughter right you can mm-hmm. expect i'm sure you can expect more in the way of uh debates debating <laughs> i know you can expect that mm-hmm. you can expect more of beautiful black people doing one of the things we do best there's some plans in motion. There's some discussions and things that we've been uh, uh, mulling over, but we're not going to speak of them here. You'll just have to tune in. You have to <laughs> come tune on, in. Man. Come on home. Come on. Mark, tell them why they need to come, man. Come on home. Come on, bike. Come on, bike. Come on, bike. Come on home to the main. So like, look, we want you. You want a couple of extra inches in your life. We got them for you. That's what my brother said weeks ago, and it's the truth. We got those inches that you're missing at home. <laughs> and you ain't got a feet of clothing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have watched who love or read the color purple we give it to you for free all you got to do is show up got a feet of the clothing <laughs> 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 yeah what do they have to look forward to and your from your perspective what are you expecting these people to uh, 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 what do you what do you think they have to look forward to what do you know that they have to look forward to oh, from what I know, right from for right now, what I know they have to what they have to look forward to is uh special guests, like you said, mm-hmm. women and men mm-hmm. coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh also look forward to more videos being posted up on YouTube. That's right. You know, some some short snippets being posted up on Instagram. Uh-huh. Insta ham. Uh, yeah, yeah, Insta ham. Instagram, uh, <laughs> Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Which the jury's out on Facebook for us at the moment, but keep keep an eye out, keep an eye peeled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you might see us on Facebook. Um, oh, yeah. doing, a, doing a live mm-hmm. uh, episode <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah, where anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those live episodes on Facebook and Instagram. That's right. Where y'all can comment in real time on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something to that, look that, forward to. That should be interesting. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting. Oh, come um, on, bike. Come on, bike. <laughs> to the main satellite. There is one other thing that I want to say. There will also come a time when we are shooting together in the same area. Mm-hmm. In the same city. We'll be, uh, what is that? Out and about. We'll be on, <laughs> on the move. On the move. <laughs> wink, wink. We'll be on the move. And we'll be in different cities, possibly different states. 
uh, uh, it may come a time. Just, just come on, bite. Come on home. <laughs> You'll see. There's some things we've been talking about doing and discussing, but you won't know about. It. We're not going to spurl it for you. Not spoil it. We're not going to spurl it. You just have to tune in. You just have to fucking watch. You just have to listen. Keep mm-hmm. them ears, motherfucking pills. Feel mm-hmm. attune them motherfucking ears. Attune D E M ears. <laughs> Till then, what's that you said a moment ago, man? We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs>